Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I am once again your host for today. This is the second um, recording for our focus, um, and the topic is overflow. We have launched this at Fellowship Bible Church a couple of weeks ago, and it's exciting to have these episodes of our Fellowship Family Podcast where we get a chance to just dive deeper into some of the people in our congregation and learn about them and hear stories of how they have been impacted by one another passages in their lives. So I have um, a couple of different people here with me today. I'm gonna look to my left over here. I have Julio Macias and Ellie Macias. How are you? We're doing good, thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to hear from you and and learn about, first of all, how you came to FBC and, and, and how you guys interact as a family. But I'm also gonna look over here to my right and we have Joe Hauser with us today. How are you, Joe? Great, thanks. Awesome. And Joe, you are a part of the family life team with John Avery. So John Avery was on our episode last week and uh, was able to really help enhance um, the the focus and just kind of get some clarity to his passages. And you get a chance to fill in his shoes today. <laughs> <laughs> Big shoes today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, you, you have more than just the the family life hat. You also are an elder, probably one of the more recent elders that we have here at Fellowship. Yeah, definitely the 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 most recent to be ordained. Yeah. Do they haze you when when you show up? Um, <laughs> you know, I think I almost came before I got ordained. Okay, <laughs> just meeting with them for the first year prior to yeah. being ordained. Yeah, was, no. that's the hazing. Yeah, that they they give you all the challenging projects to think through and wrestle yeah. with. Yeah, and I just got uh, drafted into being the. Uh, the uh, minutes taker slash secretary. There you yeah. go. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the hazing yeah. probably. <laughs> that is a challenge to keep right. up with, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, just briefly, just give us a little bit of your background here at FBC. How long have you been coming here, Joe? Wow. Um, started in 1996. Uh, brought my parents and um, the neat thing is I, uh, my wife actually started here earlier in 96 with her family. I came later in 96. We actually met um, through fellowship and got married mm. here in the old sanctuary. Mm. Um, been here for a long time and uh, just um, praise God for just being here, just to be here yeah. and to really get involved and to to be a part of of the body is just a great blessing to myself, yeah. my wife and our kids. Well, it's neat to see you kind of come up through the ranks now and, and have your role and your hat of being an elder is super valuable. So we all thank you and the elder board for the leadership that's provided. So exciting about our conversation today. So I'm gonna turn over here to you guys, Julia and Ellie. You're you're a, a tandem tag team, but you're only a small portion of your family. So mm-hmm. share with share with us how you came to FBC and give us a little bit about uh, who your family is and give us names and ages and all that good stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Julio Macias. This is my daughter Ellie. And uh, we recently, well, not recently now, because now I'm looking at 1996. I'm like, uh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a super junior now. <laughs> so about, I'm going to say five years in, in June, we moved from Colorado Springs. Here. Okay. And we were originally from Texas. Okay. And of course, like anybody else, jobs bring us to this area. And uh, we're a family of six. Uh, I have four girls in the house. I'm the only male. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. And so we have... Uh, uh, Three daughters, and we have a foreign exchange student from South Korea as well. Okay. So yep. my oldest daughter is Sarah. Yep. And it's I 
say Sarah because if I say Sarah, she gets upset. Really? Yeah. She okay. Likes you got to have the proper so pronunciation. <laughs> yes. So Sarah, she's uh, 23. I feel bad now because Sarah has been involved in our Fellowship 3 ministry of music and she plays keyboard. So I've probably been offending her this whole time by calling her <laughs> no, Sarah, not Sarah. It only works with dad. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Good. And then uh, we have Ellie, you know, I'm not sure if he wants me to say how old. Uh, I'm 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Now, Ellie is short for a uh, longer uh, Elizabeth. Name. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you like to go by Ellie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Awesome. So what do you do now that you're 20 oh, um, out of high I know, school? I keep telling people that I'm like 18, 19. I'm not. Yeah, no. <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm attending Shepherd University studying health sciences. Neat. Um, I'm currently... Uh, shadowing to become a coach at a gym and shadowing to become a coach for Winchester swim team because that I'm coming full circle. That's yep. where I swam for. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I obviously a full-time student. I work. Um, and then I come here and uh, me and my mom lead the ninth grade girls youth group. Okay. And uh, we help in the nursery as well. Awesome. I love that. And I love how families are almost doing things together. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. And that's part of the conversation. I'll just kind of springboard off of that. Tell us about how, you know, how you came to fellowship and what really was the impetus of you sticking here at FBC as a family? Well, originally, um, we had visited several churches in the area. Uh, we currently live in, in uh, Inwood, West Virginia, mm. and we went to many, many churches. And a friend of ours, they invited us and said, hey, listen, why don't you guys check, check out, you know, the, the church? And we're like, okay. Let's go check it out. And we fell in love with the uh, doctrinal foundation that the church has. Hmm. We actually really enjoyed and we could see it was really obvious that, that um, the church has a love for teaching hmm. mm -hmm. and a love for discipleship. Hmm. And that's what we were looking for. And mm -hmm. that was a perfect fit for us because that that's a big foundational uh, plus for us in a church. Mm -hmm. So that foundational uh doctrine uh that's what brought us we what started coming to the um sunday classes mm -hmm. and we just continued coming and coming and as you know we're like you know what this we all made a we talked about it and we decided hey this is the church for us yeah neat joe i mean i'll let you chime in of teaching you know what are some of the core principles and values here at the church yeah um i think the um having a good interpretation of scripture, being able to interpret it as correctly as possible. Um, you know, just being able to, um, continue to proclaim the gospel yeah. to continue to, um, take people and, and really try to help them move on to spiritual maturity so that it's not just a, uh, a sitting and a soaking. Mark would say, sit, soak, and sour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And I heard that somewhere else the other day. It was kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah, there's Mark saying. Um, <laughs> he has a lot of them. He I think. does. <laughs> yeah. You got to coin uh, them. Yes. Sit in an elder meeting with him. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think um, having that good interpretation, having um, all of scripture, you having the biblical training classes before they were um, adult learning center, where there we were getting the full, um, the full gamut of scripture mm -hmm. being shared and, and lots of different teachers and just opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how, when you, when you gravitated to that, you guys as a, I mean, you did Julio, but then how about your family? Like what, what 
what found, what did you find yourself getting plugged into when you first started attending? Like, are there different ministries where you guys serve or are part of and connected? I, mean, I know, Elle, you said that you and your mother do that together. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, one of the first things that we decided to serve in was the VBS, mm. which it was really kind of hard for us because we didn't know anybody, right? Yeah. And all these kids knew the adults for like their whole lives or whatever. Um, so that was like really an eye-opening experience because there were so many volunteers, like there was so such a heart to serve. Mm. And that was really cool. We were like, we have to get involved with something. Um, and then after that was the nursery where mm. that's where we met Mrs. Morrison and that's where we became friends with her. And she cool. was like, Oh, you know, you should, yeah. she introduced us to all these other people and places to serve. And then we decided to start helping in the youth group. And we were like, like, it was just so exciting that there was so much to play, so many places to serve. I think. Yeah. I think, uh, and then Esther, my youngest, my youngest daughter, she's, she gravitates to, you know, helping in the nursery. And she's, mm. she tells me like, Oh, I am barely I'm very interested in helping out, hmm. which I never thought, you know, you start seeing your children develop little by little into the roles that they like. And the yeah. church has provided that that venue for them to kind of uh, expand and to grow spiritually in serving. Serving is interesting. You say that, you know, it that's definitely a one another uh, of serving yeah. one another. And, and one of the primary purposes of this particular episode is that you do it within the context of a family and which is why we have a dad and a daughter here but it, it starts from not just a an obligation i would say i, I believe it mm -hmm. starts from a, a heartfelt understanding of who god is and then you naturally are drawn to mm -hmm. help other people mm -hmm. walk us through you know before you came to fbc i think you probably had a foundation of understanding of who god is Give us your testimony of how you came to know the Lord. I'll start with you, Julio. Well, for me, um, I was 19 years old when I came to Christ. And just being around and listening to the Word, and the Word has a way to find your heart. And it, it kind of matches what your, what, what your status is and how you're living at that time. And that's when we bring conviction. Hmm. conviction of sin mm -hmm. and you realize hey listen this i don't understand it because i don't have a, a christian background my parents were not christian but i do understand that the conviction that the word of god brings to your life it kind of mirrors what the things that you don't want to see <laughs> and i saw those things yeah. and i said to myself i don't want to be this person i need to change hmm. i was 19 years old i mean you People are saying, hey, go have fun, you know, go go party and all this. Hmm. But guess what? The conviction and the Holy Spirit inside of me said, you need better. You can do better. Hmm. You need longing. You need purpose. You need a vision. And, you know, accepting Christ gave me all that. Hmm. As a young 19-year-old, and I was married at 19, actually, to their mom. <laughs> yep. So, yep. So was there somebody along the way that kind of helped guide you in that decision yes absolutely um so when i when i started going to church i went to my wife's well back then she was a friend uh to their church and i the, the i didn't know until later on that the pastor was was her grandfather ah okay <laughs> and listening to the words and i've 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 appreciated the role that other people have in your life throughout your life. Even to this day, I still 
enjoy listening to Pastor Morrison. Mm. You know, I, I still listen to uh, other godly men. Um, and I think, you know, I grab those pieces and they, that, those roles that each one of those men plays in my life. And I realize how important and vital, like the word says, I brought you to me with human cords. Mm. And I didn't realize how important it is until this COVID thing hit. <laughs> right. Where I realized seclusion is very harmful to the body of Christ. Yep. And I, I, you know, I appreciate that role that other people have filled. It's funny you say that. I mean, and Joe, you were in the family life leadership team, kind of the, the thought process that went into this focus. Walk us through kind of where John Avery was. And I think you kind of hit that last week a little bit for us, but walk us through from your perspective and even the elders perspective of, of why now? You know, just what Julio is saying about living in isolation is not great. So why do we need to look at this one another concept? Um, we had talked about it for probably a year or two, just trying to trying to really wrap our, our minds around what we believe God would have for us for the next focus. Mm -hmm. um, and so praying and just seeking the Lord's will. And, and I think um, kind of just seeing what John where he believed God was kind of leading him mm. um, to the one another's and just the, the practical aspect of living out the Christian life. Mm -hmm. um, the reality of seeing someone um, be kind to you, be patient with you. And maybe you don't see that in a normal everyday worldly circumstance yeah. you know, and, and having, so we're trying to not only provide the scripture, uh, but also provide, um, different thoughts on how to maybe see that lived out yeah. so that there's, um, people can, you know, it's amazing when you, um, hear people talk about a Christian who's truly walking in the spirit and they will see something in them that is totally different than anything they see in the world. Hmm. Um, and so they can truly see Jesus and that's what we desire. We desire for, um, helping the body be Jesus and then others see Jesus in yeah. them. And not just not just internalize it, but to, to live it out in a way that exudes and overflows well, to right, others. Right. Uh, because right. yeah, because like you're saying, it can't be in isolation. You know, God has called us to display his glory to the rest of the world. And that gets lived out with mm -hmm. one another passages. Ellie, I'll turn to you. I'll ask you the same question. How did you come to know? The Lord. <laughs> um, well, obviously, um, my parents became Christians. Yeah. And then before me and my sisters were born, um, my parents or mom would read the scriptures to us, you know, mm. while we were still in her belly and everything. So I think, um, you know, before that, like we had been washed and, and showered in prayer and stuff. And so um, I went to a, like a private Christian school, you know, mm -hmm. since from I was like three years old up until I was five. And then we were homeschooled the rest of our um, under or kids school years. Yeah. Um, and so I came to Christ or I accepted Jesus in my heart when I was five um, and a missionary came to our school, but I didn't really, I guess, like embrace my faith as my own instead of like realizing that I was just kind of riding off my parents' faith or, mm. you know, riding their coattails up until I was about 10 or 11. Um, I was going through the Iwana program and realizing like I wasn't, um, it wasn't really my own thing. Like I didn't want to do it because of myself. And so then, um, I think it was uh, me and my mom were sitting having a conversation and I was having a particularly difficult time, like figuring out who I was, I guess. And then um, 
you know, she kind of opened my eyes to see that I was like, oh, I really need Jesus like mm. for myself. Um, and so then I, th- I kind of like to call that like my my real like interaction or my real encounter with Jesus. So I must've been about like 10 or 11. And it's been great ever since. Cool. And what a blessing to be in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. you know, where parents were able to lead and Mm -hmm. guide you and be a part of a family unit where that's the centrality of the house. Yeah. I mean, and you, Julio, you're the kind of, at least the, the head of that household (laughs) where, (laughs) you know, what what things did you attempt to do when they were younger to to lead them and guide them towards Christ? You know, I, I think that being practical and, and using the word in a practical sense to be a living testimony. I can see, I can go back and look at milestones and monuments that we set up for them and their upbringing. You know, um, I used to, my my wife and I, we made sure that we read the scriptures to them. Hmm. We, uh, when they were homeschooling, part of their curriculum was to write the Word of God, hmm. the Bible. Wow. So they learned to read the Bible at five years old, six years old, and they're reading King James Version of the mm-hmm. Bible. <laughs> People would say, well, that's kind of a little extreme. But in our heart, we had our conviction that, well, if you can read the scripture, you can probably read anything that that is out there. You can imagine how long that took at oh, yeah, five yeah. years old. <laughs> oh, I think I have some King James Version memory verses stuck in my head too, you know, so, so you're not the only one. And we also, we also used um, uh, milestones like, okay, we decided to homeschool. We decided to uh, live on one, one income and then that allowed us to share the word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our children, to be living testimonies for them, to see us, that we would volunteer at church, to see them, or to see, have them see us serving in the church, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, being kind to others, Mm -hmm. helping others, uh, and be, being hospitable, for example, like, in the the, uh, cards themselves, hospitality, and and that was birthed by our children. Our children are the ones that that would invite people without us knowing. <laughs> the outgoing ones. Just, hey, let's just have some people over and, and we be hospitable. People ring the doorbell and guess what? And it's like, hi, we're here for the get together. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, and it was our children. Our children would invite people and they would, how can you say no to a child's heart that's doing what you say in, in, in words, but they're doing in action? Yeah. I can remember our daughter Elizabeth when she was little. We were on our way home one day. And she, her, her window was down and a neighbor of ours, she asked them to come to church. Yeah. Wow. Really, really neat. I don't, I can't remember now how old she was, but yeah, she actually asked a neighbor, Hey, you want to come to, come to church with us? Yeah. So it's really amazing how our children can actually be an extension of us. Sometimes when we are reserved, they're not. Mm-hmm. And I can remember several times where Sada would say, you know, we, she'd be little and we'd be at Walmart. And she told the one of the uh, cash register ladies at Walmart, you know, uh, she started preaching to her. You know, <laughs> you know, the word of God says this, and Jesus says this, and the lady got impacted, <clears throat> and you know, she was, and I'm like, I was stuck because I was a little immature at that time, having my my four year old, five year old preaching and I'm sitting quiet. So that was a learning moment for all of us. But it, I mean, that's, there's positive extensions of us as parents and then there's some negative extensions. Oh, yeah. So we don't need to get into the negatives right now, but, oh, yes. <laughs> no one needs to know but the that's, that's part of it of just, and 
that's the conversation that I want to turn towards here right now is that this is part of, you know, being part of a family, there's components of how we live out these one another's, even amongst yourselves as mm -hmm. a family. You know, I have my family, Joe, you have a family, but you've mentioned a couple of times serving and I'm focus on that specific um, one another. And you referenced the idea cards. So there are these idea cards in the home center. If you guys don't have them, I strongly encourage you to pick them up. You can also find them online and there's 20 different one another's in a card format that are great devotional tools to use as a family at home. Mm -hmm. Bring out to me, how do you guys on a week in week out basis, even serve one another? Like just give us some examples of what goes on behind the scenes in the Messias household. Um, well, I think, uh, one of our big, our strongest suits, I guess, as a family is like, we've uh, obviously had to go through a lot of things together, a lot of moves. We've moved many, mm. many, many times mm -hmm. and have a ton of changes and, you know, like injuries and family related things like any other family has. And so one of the, our strongest things is, um, bearing each other's burdens. Mm. I think that we, mm. um, have created like an environment where like, I know that I can go to my sisters. I can know that I can go to my mom and dad and just be like, even if it seemed like a silly bad day, you know, I know that I can go to them and be like, this was like the worst day ever, mm -hmm. you know, and they sit there and they listen mm -hmm. and they don't um, make fun of it or anything. Mm -hmm. They totally appreciate it and take it in all seriousness, you know, and um, we do that for each other, like mm. off, often we sit together. Our tradition, I guess, is we sit together at night um, and we just talk about our days with each other and just things that impacted us, things that happened, things that we need to know for the future. And then we um, do our devotional, we do prayer, and then everyone, you know, gives hugs and kisses and goes to bed. And that's cool. like my favorite part of the day, <laughs> just because we've cultivated that for each other. Yeah. 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 Julio, how about you? What have you seen as... Uh, in, in the family there of either serving or even any other one and others that you guys do together as a family? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I look at the cards, I looked at the cards and I, I'm like, they're, they're pretty impacting because if you read the backs of it, it says it gives you a, a, a pretext on the, on the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And that is so important because sometimes we forget the service part. We forget the love part. We forget the hospitality part and why we're doing what we're doing. And we, when we forget it, it's all about Jesus. It's all for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then our strengths are carried through that. Because I remember several times in in our in our church in Texas, we were serving, you know, in the church, in the ministry, in 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 a youth group and everything, and we were burned out. Mm. We were literally we were, we got burned out. But then God comes and brings you that conviction of, you know, you're serving me, not not yourself, mm. and that was really, you know, monumental for us. For I mean, one of the things, if you've noticed, is that we, for us in our family, we're really, we, we consider ourselves pretty tight-knit. And we we serve one another in, you know, in one role, I can be uh, uh, preaching to them. In another role, I can serve them. In another role, I can bear their burdens. In another role, mm -hmm. I can show them love. And we go through all this and, and it all boils down to being a student of the word. Mm -hmm. To us, it's huge. That's true. I mean, it all goes back to having a right understanding of who God is in a relationship with him. I know that's the heart of the family ministry, Joe, of having parents and grandparents mm -hmm. be intentional with their families to where it's 
likely that they'll be able to do something. You know, it's not the church's job right. to, to right. raise kids. And, mm-hmm. and we've really been trying to continuously promote that continuously mm-hmm. with classes, um, home center, you know, whatever we can, however we can go about promoting that and helping parents to realize that, that they're the main discipler, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. you've said, you know, you're, you're discipling your children along the way um, so that they continue to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Like you said, Ellie, where it's your faith, you know, I'm, both of my kids, it's kind of been the same way. You know, I've a, a 19 year old and a 21 year old, and it's got to be their faith and mm-hmm. it's got to be, you know, God working in their lives at, at that time, because it's the timing is different for all of them as well. But also, but with the family ministry, just being that thought of, hey, let the let's let's help the parents realize their responsibility. We talk about Deuteronomy chapter six a lot. You know, um, God talks about walking byways with Him when you wake up in the morning, yeah. when you lay down at night, during the day, walking with Him. That whole reality of, like Mark was saying, you know, that personal relationship with God. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly true. And you guys, I love hearing stories because, <laughs> I mean, stories are encouraging. Mm-hmm. Stories, not everybody knows you guys and not everybody knows the Hauser family or they don't even know the Francis family where I am. And so to hear just examples that you guys are living it out can be a inspiring, encouraging, hopefully not convicting. It's not, we're not here to make people feel guilty right. that you're not right. doing these exactly. things. But exactly. how can we just encourage. grow and encourage mm-hmm. to say, OK, let's do a little step better next week or a little step better next year, whatever it is to do that. So I've heard you guys share how you live out the one another's in your household. And I've heard many stories already of how you live it out outside of your household. Have there been times, whether it's here at FBC or in the other areas where you've lived, where others have shown you um, uh, kindness and love Mm -hmm. and, and served you as a family? And maybe it's time of need or an area where you're just like, wow, that <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. You know, how did somebody else show you guys um, a one another? Oh, yeah. Um, I remember several times uh, we've had uh, like every family has had struggles in their in their history. And the people of God have always been there. And it's those people that are receptive to say, hey, listen, I just thought the other day about the Macias family. Maybe I should go over. Mm. And they didn't know that at that time we needed mm. somebody just to hear us out. You know, whatever we, we might be going through, uh, it's important to be receptive to mm. those callings. And we've uh, either, you know, I, I'm, we're very blessed that we, we haven't had any issues with finances or anything like that. But we've had issues where... Uh, there's certain convictions that we're like, well, I don't know if we're doing the right thing here, hmm. but then God has used godly people to come into our life and speak on, on not on opinions, but on the word of God. Yeah. And that's our reference point. Always go back to the word of God and mm-hmm. say, how has this, how, how is this truth a reality in your life? And right. it's convicting for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's great. I don't know. Can you think of anything? Um, I think um, one of the biggest things that, I've been super blessed is like, um, you know, when uh, it's like, I, it's not, not pushing or putting any blame on being a middle child, but sometimes middle children are a little <laughs> okay. bit different. Yep. Sure. Um, She's a middle child. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, one of the things that I appreciate so much about having, uh, other godly people around is like, 
I know when sometimes my mom and I can't really get through to each other, my mom has called in other like godly women, um, like <laughs> back up, back up, bringing the big guns. Um, uh, what like people that have really impacted my life, like Mrs. Green, hmm. um, uh, really hmm. discipled me through kind of a difficult growing up college freshman type hmm. of time. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Morrison have hmm. spoken into my life a lot. Um, uh, my actually my boyfriend's mom, Miss Bernadette, mm. uh, she has disi been discipling me this whole time, just like navigating young womanhood, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, from a different perspective of my mom. You know, they agree on a lot of things. And so they talk about it and they pray about it. And, mm. you know, they're like, this is how it's going to go about. And so and then my mom, you know, and yeah. so other people outside the church, but like godly believers, both men and women who speak into my life, speak spoken into my sister's lives as mm. well, and just made a huge impact. Um, totally changed my perspective on mm. things. Like sometimes when I'm being really stubborn about things, like, no, I pretty much see it this way. And it's like, God uses those people to be yeah. like, nope, it's totally different. So, yeah. Yeah, I think when people have been impacted by the word, when the word has truly changed your life, and your heart at that point becomes, I want to help others lives be changed and let them hear the word, see it in you, and then they can respond as God continues to open their minds with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and teaching them. Mm -hmm. It can become a process where all oh, you, you get a different passage. I remember, you know, starting with Romans 828 and then <laughs> and it's it's that precept upon precept, line upon line. And as the word continues in your life, it brings forth that changed life mm -hmm. and it's just mm -hmm. huge when when you have other people because i agree and you know being a dad you can understand mark as well your kids aren't always receptive to what you're saying <laughs> right what? And so, what? so to have those other people in your lives to share the word you know to really mm -hmm. help them with hey here's a great passage maybe something for you to think and pray about. which is why i appreciate you guys both being here because instead of being husband, wife, it's husband, daughter. And so, yeah, there's tensions. I mean, kids don't listen to parents. All, I mean, come on. If, if, what is this? Are we in heaven yet? No, that doesn't happen. The lion is not laying with the lamb. No, okay. It hasn't happened yet. But, you know, so just to hear the joy of a family unit being able to live with one another and then serve one another and care for one another and bear one another's burdens and lean on your parents, Ellie, as mm -hmm. you're saying. And then parents may be saying, okay, let's call on some other people to, because we can't do this alone. <laughs> and that's the benefit of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, we forget that as Christians, as the body of Christ, we're so powerful that we could make, we can make changes to the world if we learn one concept and that is to unite mm. under the banner of, the word of God. Yeah, right. And I, I and I know for our lives, for example, um, there was a time where I had to leave my family, and I had to go. I, you know, I try to. I went for a job, and um, it, it, I thought, eh, it's just gonna take a month before I get resettled, find a home. Well, nine months later. Nine months later, it's I'm a long time to find. But during those nine months. There was godly men that stepped into our family, and they said, well, "We're gonna, we're gonna take that lead," and they made sure that you know my my wife and my daughters were taken care of spiritually, hmm. covered. They didn't even call like, "Hey, what's going on? Are you guys okay?" And they took that role, and that was hmm. so powerful to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
That's so many one another's put together right there with just one story. <laughs> yeah. That's well, awesome. You guys, I'll just say thank you again for being here. Joe, you. you too. I'm yeah, glad that you're being me. a part of here and wearing the elder hat and the, the many, um, difficulties that I know can and circumstances happen on a week in week out basis. So again, once again, thank you for the role that you play here for all you guys at home, listening, watching, maybe you're driving down the road, just continue to, um, go to our website to find out where those resources are. Again, it's not about the resources, it's about the word of God, but we as a church want to continue to partner with you and, and assist with tools. We've referenced already a couple times here, these idea cards. So if you don't have them, go to the home center for that. And just use them as a tool. Is it just a devotional to get together with your family? And you'll you'll find all kinds of hopefully fun results out of digging into the word together to find out what are those one another's. And um, so thanks for watching and listening. Continue to go to the website, fpcva.life slash podcast or where all of our things are found. Remember, there's the sermon spotlight you can listen to and also the global church podcast. Um, so a lot of different things happening here with this overflow focus. So until we chat again, guys, let's let Christ be the focus of our life each and every day.